Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome back to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio, brought to you by our good friends at the Long-Term Care Planning Group. Now, this is one of my favorite shows simply because you're promoting women and their amazing businesses and what they do and how they do it. And I just love anything that's for women. So here I'm going to turn this over to you, Corey Rick. Well, that makes two of us, Sanjay. Today we have another great show. We have Catherine Marshall, who is the CEO of Simple Fatburn. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to do that. You're in the business of helping people with nutrition and fitness. I am. Tell our listenership about that. Well, I spent 20 years working as a personal trainer in sort of all aspects of that business. And I just learned over the years that were, there were some very simple things that made all the difference. So I really teach people to get fit fast and make it last. How do you, so what do you tell, I mean, uh, did you enjoy being a personal trainer? I loved it. I mean, I, I, I still love it. It was just time for me to go bigger and to reach more people. And uh, I realized the magic was in the coaching and the teaching and the education and, and getting people to actually make changes for life. Do you think that the magic is, uh, do you, were you concerned about what happened to the people you were training when they were outside of your supervision? No, because uh, I call it simple fat burn for life. So I'm really teaching strategies and concepts and things that, that, you know, they might come back. Sure, they may fall off the wagon, but it doesn't mean they're, they're losing everything they've learned. It doesn't mean they can't jump back on if they, if they lose some progress. So, no, I had to really gain a, a healthy detachment when people would move on from me or, or maybe go back to some old habits that weren't serving them so well. But, um, but still keep the door open and let them know, hey, you can pick up the phone and call me or text me. I'm here for you. Healthy detachment. I think that's yeah. a, what a great term. I'm going to I'm going to steal that from you and not give you credit for it. Okay, great. <laughs> you have a book out there, uh, Simple Fat Burn. Tell us about that. I do. Uh, I wrote Simple Fat Burn to really convey what it is that I do, and I wrote the book in 2014. Uh, sold about 3,000 copies on Amazon, and, and the book sells really well. I do get royalties every month, so people must like it. They keep buying it and sharing it with their friends. But it teaches three things. It teaches you about what to eat, what to do, and how to think to become a better version of your former self. How much of, uh, you know, the nutrition thing we were talking prior to the show, the nutrition thing seems to me a, a pretty significant variable. It and is. It's, and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. Oh, most people are struggling. Even the people that look pretty good and healthy would come into my office and sit down and they're really struggling. I mean, they might look good on the outside, but if they're up 10 or 20 pounds or they're just, they're, they're, they're not functioning well, they don't have energy. Um, they're binging on foods that are not serving them well and they don't know what to do. So, so I would say most people are struggling with their nutrition. How do you, how do you help people initially? It seems to me that, you know, are there... A lot of people have no problems with the working out. True. Uh, I, I, for one, really enjoy that. Yeah. I think it yeah. provides a nice uh, 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 opportunity to reset. It uh, allows you to process things. Sure. Uh, I struggle with the after that. 
you yeah. know, uh, you know, the refueling and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, it seems to me there's a system of nutrition. Walk us through what you coach your clients. To yeah. Do yeah. The day. So, so I'm really coaching people, um, you know, number one to eat real food. I think we, we all get into too many processed products. So, you know, and I'm really educating them on what foods are not going to spike their blood sugar and really sustain energy over time. So what are the cleanest organic sources of, f- of food that are available? And let's face it, it's, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be better over time and truly better. Not some of these things that are fly by night fads that come and go. And, and a lot of things that look healthy are truly not healthy. <laughs> so you talk about sustained energy. What kind of foods? Are sure, sure. You know, I work with everyone for, who they may consume animal products or they may be vegans. I mean, they go all across the board. I do not discriminate. So I'm talking to them about, number one, organic green vegetables. I mean, I think if there's any food out there that is medicine (laughs) that will treat you well and really give you energy, it's getting more organic green vegetables and getting from as close from earth to mouth as we can. And again, that's not always possible, but you can shop organic. You can go to the farmer's market. The good season is coming up here. So, um, and, and, you know, telling people where they can source these foods. Why do you think that's a big deal? Why, why are uh, you so pro-organic? Yeah, I am so pro-organic because if it's not organic, it's genetically modified. And what that means is the pesticide is in the seed. That's a really big deal. So why? Why? Because, um, you know, if you know what glyphosate is, glyphosate is what we use to kill all of the bugs if, when we spray down the crops. And if the glyphosate is in the seed and then we spray the crops, there will never be a bug in those crops. And we grow that food faster, bigger, quicker. And therein lies a, a piece of the problem with illness. The fact that we're eating glyphosate meal after meal after meal. We wonder why people are sick. We wonder why people don't have energy. When you get organic foods, we're not using the, those, those pesticides and herbicides. So we're actually getting the nutrients from the earth. We're getting a seed that was not made in a laboratory. And, and we're really getting nutrient density. So if the body runs off vitamins and minerals, we need when we can, we need to put organic food in it. The cleanest sources of nutrition are, are critical that we start looking at our food and questioning the source. So do you say the same for people that eat meat? Well, you know, again, I, I work with people that do eat meat, and I would say you want to go with wild-caught fish, organic chicken, if you consume beef, organic grass-fed beef. So again, you're looking for that labeling. You're looking for the source of the food. There's a big difference. There's a really big difference between mass-produced and something that may cost a little bit more. And you know, it is a myth that you're going to spend three times the amount on the groceries. When we really do the breakdowns, we don't eat that much food. We pay more for processed foods that look real pretty, that are produced very, very cheaply. (laughs) And we go, well, gosh, what what did that bag of chips cost, right? (laughs) Well, there's one thing, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting and, and it gives rise to this processed foods and, and, you know, the things that they're putting in, uh, you know, the, the plants or the cows. Sure. And, and here's an example. Uh, I'm 54. And when I was in high school, our football team, it was a big deal to have a guy that weighed over 200 pounds. Sure. Yeah. And now I go back to <clears throat> the school and, you know, the offensive line there is averaging 250, 260, 270 plus. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not sure why that is, but I wonder if it I've always wondered if it has to do with 
the things that they're yeah you know, putting absolutely on the absolutely the steroids and hormones in in the in the milks the dairy the meats absolutely have to go to have to do with you know the hormonal growth the fact that you know hormones change earlier in in preteens than they used to back when we were kids I'll, I'll be 50 in June so I've I've watched that change over the years that you know, it, it is in, you know, unfortunately we have a number of people that are sick and we're talking gastrointestinal problems. Yeah. We're talking, you know, the illnesses and, and the doctoring has gone through the roof and we have to look at what are we putting in the body? That is really the big question here. You know, we've, we've always, you've, you hear these things said about processed foods yeah, and the, the idea is always, well, you know, it's, it's better to put something clean in that's organic that hasn't had exposure to these chemicals, steroids, and so on. And I, and I guess that makes sense that mm-hmm. people that consume foods that have these items on it may be setting themselves up for you know, medical issues. Absolutely. There's, there's a direct correlation, you know, and, and I will say it's a process. This is an educational process and then it's an execution process. It's a behavioral process. Yeah. So I come from a social work background before I ever spent 20 years in the gym. I've got a master's in social work. I was a therapist, case manager, social worker. So, you know, I really look at all systems and how they work together and how can we do better? You know, we're not going to build Rome in a day, but if we get educated, we can take small steps and over time, our food becomes cleaner. We're healthier. We're, we're drinking more water. Maybe yeah. we're taking some great quality supplements. I don't sell any supplements. Um, I'm strictly an educator, but over time we can do better with some, some really simple information. It, it seems to me that uh, you know, the nutrition thing is something that sometimes it's really hard to get your arms around. Oh, I, yeah. I see the organic component and discussion point for organic vegetables. I see the same discussion point for organic beef and so on. But one of the things that that I don't, I'm not clear on that really escapes me is the supplements. Because yeah, yeah I would agree. For me, if I get up in the morning mm-hmm. and I go swim, I like my coffee, but by nine or nine thirty or ten, I need to do something. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it is, hey, it's a smoothie or if it's a supplement or, uh, you know, the, just having these. You know, you hear these uh, uh, people say, well, you should have, you know, some small neat meals and snacks throughout the day, so then that way uh, you don't have the hunger issue. And uh, I traditionally make very very poor decisions when I'm hungry. Yeah, we all do. We all um, do because we're just trying to get that blood sugar up quick. We don't care what it is, but th- you're driving the car on empty. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem, right? You've been up, you, you've been fasting, you were sleeping, then you do a workout by 10 in the morning, you need some fuel. So so in, in knowing what to do, first thing I would say is, you know, get some real food in you, you know, maybe have some eggs and some vegetables yeah. and, and, and maybe some walnuts. When we, you know, I come from a fitness background. I've been a competitor. You know, we eat, we have little containers of real food we go out the door with. We eat real real food. So again, I'm kind of taking those concepts and applying them to everyday life and saying, you know, you could have a a, a vegan organic protein shake that would get your blood sugar up pretty quick. You'd feel a whole lot better. Keep on going. (laughs) Well, you have, there there are these opportunities to have uh, smoothies or, you know, nutritional bars or what have you. And it, it, it's confusing. It's Uh, very confusing. For me, it's very confusing because I think, 
Well, I know I should, I, if I'm in Quick Trip and I filled up with gas, I know I shouldn't pick the donut. Yeah, first I of all, should pick we the, should not be eating from Quick Trip, okay? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. I always do. I know, and, and I, I have for years too. And sometimes you're in a pinch and it is the only option, but planning is the key. Yeah. Planning is the key. I'd rather you did your workout and when you got, got finished your workout, maybe your protein shake is waiting for you. You're not hunting for food. But what's the in QT. the protein shake? Maybe, you know, a good quality vegan protein, you know, that's not loaded with chemicals. It's something that has that organic stamp on it, you know. And again, I don't sell anything like that. There are a number of them out there on the market. But but something like that waiting for you would solve your problem, cost you a whole lot less more money. Time is our most precious commodity. I know we're, we're business owners. We're stacked up with business. Let's just look at your your time every day of pulling in that quick trick and take yeah. quick trip. Take that out of the equipment equation, break it down and say, I'd rather ha- you have your time handy and give you your time back. And you've got something really, really nutritious waiting for you because of a little bit of planning. Well, it seems to me that uh, uh, certainly planning and having the materials uh, beforehand lends itself to a better outcome and less times during the day when you're very, very hungry and putting yourself sure. in a position to make bad decisions. Yeah. And not only that, more energy, you know? Does your background as a therapist and social worker, do you think that helps you with what you're doing? Tremendously. It has everything to do with what I do because, you know, it's really getting inside the mindset and and working with people to take baby steps and reframing a situation and saying, okay, here's what I can do to make a change. Because being a social worker is all about behavior modification. That's what we're really coaching and teaching people to do. How did you decide to start your company? Ah, good question. You know, I've always sort of been wired to be an entrepreneur. So I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I was looking at getting back into social work and and I just wasn't feeling it. I just, you know, hit the wall where I took a break for about a year and a half from working as a professional. And I came up with, you know, what do I love? I love the idea of being healthy. I was overweight. I needed to lose some weight myself. So my first step was start working out, start learning, hired a personal trainer, lost 34 pounds in 90 days. And I said, within 12 months, I'm going to start taking clients. Didn't know what I was doing. Went to a gym, said, hey, I'd, I'd love to start this. I said, yeah, we'll give you a chance to try it out. And uh, I, started, I started working as an independent contractor and became a personal trainer, started taking some clients. I traded my first client a gateway computer. Remember those those gateways that never worked really well? Oh, there's a blast from the past. Yeah, yeah. So my first client, he said, I'm going to hook you up with this computer. He came in and he trained for six months, lost some weight, really did better with some back problems he was struggling with, and, and I was off and running. Do you have a perspective uh, set of exercises that you prefer for people or do you kind of, I'm sure you probably gear it to each client, but do you have some exercises that you're more inclined toward than others? Well, I would say more of a structure. You know, you mentioned that you're a runner. So for someone who's a runner, I would want to see them doing some strength exercises as well, not just running. So when you look at the meta view or the overview of of a true fitness plan, we've got strength training which could be body weight exercises. You could be working out in the gym with some free weights and machines. And then we've got cardiovascular exercise. Then we've got stretching. Then we've got posture and alignment. So I think we need to hit all of those points over time to have a well-rounded, comprehensive fitness plan that's really going to serve you as we're, as let's face it, we're all getting a little bit older. <laughs> so, it does beat the alternative though. Right. But, but don't we want to be pain-free and feel good and have energy while we're here on the planet? <laughs> well, I think... Uh, 
the stretching is becoming more and more important as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't something that I was a fan on, a sure. fan of when I was younger. It, it becomes necessary as we get into our 50s, right? It, and, it's, it's certainly something to consider. And, and there's also something to do with posture and alignment that will keep you pain-free. We get into these repetitive motions where we've got overuse with some muscles and underuse with others. So, so like I said, a little bit of professional help when it comes to an exercise plan goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> do you have uh, – what is your feeling on CrossFit? My feeling on CrossFit, I, I mean, I think some people love it and they're like a fish in water. Um, but I would also say it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know, if you've, you've got, if you had some injuries or, you know, you've, you're compromised in some way, you know, people, there are some injuries. So I think um, you need to choose the types of exercise that are appropriate for you. And it's not for everyone, but if it works for you, hey, have at it. <laughs> So you mentioned that you've you've lived in Atlanta, what, 22 years, 23 yeah, years? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Where did you live before that? I came from Buffalo, New York. Yeah, you're really happy to be here today. You got that right. Yeah, I mean, with, the, <laughs> with the sun and everything out there. Uh, I grew up in Minnesota, so you know I know you are aware of the snowstorms and all that. Do, do you miss that? Uh, no, I, I try to get home to visit. I can, I do, a, I, I'm in New York City a lot. I'm frequently three or four times in New York City per year. And then my mom is upstate. So I miss it, but I go enough that I, I get enough in New York to where I, I'm, I'm not devoid of New York. <laughs> well, I think the, the weather is, as I get older, I, I think that the, uh, I much prefer the heat as opposed to the snow and the cold, uh, I lived in the Midwest for you know pretty much the entirety of my first 20, uh, 33 years, and I moved here in April of 97, and I do not miss the snow. I don't miss the cold. I, I like to go back a couple of times a year around Christmas and Thanksgiving, but uh, you, know, you can keep the rest of that. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. So living in Buffalo, are you a football fan? Are you a Bills fan? Uh, I have been to one Bills game, and it was really cold and painful. <laughs> so maybe no. I used to bartend for the Bills games when I was in college. Mm. <laughs> I was a capitalist. I, I was out there making the money. <laughs> yeah. What appeals to you about being an entrepreneur? Oh, gosh. I, you know what really appeals to me? There's no ceiling. You know, you can diversify your business as long as it's in, in alignment. Uh, you can make a lot of money and give back. I think you can network and meet amazing people like yourself. You can become a professional speaker. You know, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do some TV and radio every month. So, you know, you, you, you get the variety. And I, I really believe that you're either wired to be an entrepreneur or an employee. Now, you may need to be an employee and have that baseline income to really get your business off the business. Absolutely. But I will say, um, I just think there's a lot of joy in being a successful entrepreneur. Well, I think you've, uh, you've differentiated yourself within fitness. I mean, you're, you're clearly an author, you're a trainer, you have uh, uh, the recipes, and you also do some professional speaking, right? I do. I do some professional speaking on topics like how to get fit fast and make it last, you know, how to, how to manage a super busy schedule and get your workout in. And, you know, I really believe that um, people are hungry for knowledge, but knowledge that really lends itself to value things they can actually take out the door with them, put into place and go, man, that was a great talk. I walked away with some good things that changed my life. How did you become a speaker and get paid professionally for it? Well, you know, I started out, of course, coaching people and I have a full coaching business. I coach people all over the country in groups and one-on-one. And I found that when I would speak to groups, 
I always got clients. And this was before I even knew what I was doing. So I was hosting my own speaking events as a personal trainer. I'd invite 40 or 50 people in. I'd give a little talk. No clue what I was doing, but somebody signed up. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. The energy was up. The energy fed me. It fed the group. So I just started out really winging it. (laughs) So are your clients, are they more individual or are they corporate? My my clients are typically individuals, families, people that are struggling with their weight. So, and I I coach people all over the country. Um, uh, To give you an example, I just did a one-day event called Health is Wealth, and we had 40 people in the room, and some of those folks signed up for a group coaching program. And, And I get calls every day from people that are like, gosh, you know, I know someone you've worked with. They lost the weight. They came off medications. We're struggling. We're, you know, we, we exercise, but, but we're not there with our food or we need a little bit more motivation. We need some structure. We need some accountability. So it's really been a blessing to be able to help many, many people. And uh, it, it brings me a lot of joy. It's all about the results. You mentioned that you help people schedule. Uh, you help them with manage their busy workloads, busy schedule. I forget yeah. exactly what you said, but yeah. a lot of people struggle with, okay, when do I get my workout in? Yes. And I'll tell you, it comes back to giving them some tools and some time management skills. I was on the phone yesterday with a couple of new clients and it was a couple and they haven't been working out for, for several months. And they had to actually, we had, a, it was a conference call and I had them working in their calendar to block that time to get it done, whether it was together or separate. We set up the workouts. We started with baby steps, just a 30 minute, 30 minutes of exercise, three days a week. But unless someone holds you by the hand while you're running a business and walks you through these steps, guess what? Life and business is just too big. It doesn't get done. We need that help and assistance. I have found that I need to do it right away in the morning. You sure do, because what the what one of the people said yesterday, she said, I'm not going to do makeup twice for the day. It has to happen early. Yeah. And they had been going to bed at 2.30 and 3 in the morning because there's so much work. Yeah. So I, I, I would imagine that you're helping them. Are you helping them manage their workflow, managing manage their workday? I mean, I know you're helping them schedule the workouts in. That's yeah, what absolutely. I'm helping them with concepts like delegation and saying, hey, let's really take a look at what can we delegate? What can we prioritize? What can we let go of? Because let's face it, if we don't block and protect our time for family, for friends, for exercise, for sourcing clean food. <laughs> we, we just can't, we, we're not functioning well uh, on average. Well, if you don't run your calendar, your day runs you. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. I've, I've had a lot of uh, clients and friends that they have said, hey, if I don't get my workout in in the morning, it's easy to say no. It's easy for something else to become more important. And it's really becomes, it, it seems like it's that simple as drawing the line and saying, hey, when it gets to be 6 p.m., I have to be at the gym for this class or I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to run or I'm going to do whatever. Right. And then I think that uh, one of the things that we talked about, um, uh, well, Stone, one of the owners of the station, we talk about having tickets. And it could be a simple, it really is something, having something to look forward to. Like, I really look forward to my workouts. Sure. Uh, I look forward to processing whatever happened, good, bad, and different during the day. Uh, and usually after I'm done, it doesn't seem like whatever happened was as bad or as good as maybe I made it out to be in my head. It mm-hmm. helps sort of level you out. So there's a uh, there's a reset uh, component to that, I, I find. Yeah, well, you're investing in yourself, and you'll always get your return on investment with exercise. I think that um, – so you've, you've done a good job of uh, setting up the – how do you – 
you mentioned that you do these group talks and people sign up to be cli- become clients of yours. How do you how do you do all that? Oh gosh. Well, I'll tell you, I do it through professional networking. So um, I'm also the director, the national director for What Women Want Networking. So I'm meeting people every day, inviting them to events, and there's really a process to hosting an event. Um, if it's a one day event, if it's a networking event, and then letting people know what you do, and then inviting them to have a conversation. There's no sales pitch, but if someone hears something that that speaks to them and say, hey, let's set up a strategy session. And uh, then I'll tell you about my programs and see if maybe we're a match to work together. Yeah. People don't respond to sales pitches. They don't. They actually, they're repelled. (laughs) Well, they respond to relationships. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I I always find it interesting, uh, you know, to see some people don't value relationships. I, I personally think that it's really important. It's uh, the most important even, thing. <laughs> even if you don't do business with that person, maybe they know somebody that, hey, I, I, you know, I need to find uh, a CPA or I need to right. find somebody to work on my car. And it just is so useful to call someone and say, Catherine, I, you know, I'm looking for somebody to work on my car. I'm you become know, the go-to anybody. person. Yeah. Um, well, I think if you don't have a relationship, you you might be reluctant to make that call, or at least I would. So yeah. I, I really believe that relationships are. Are great. Now I want to come back to this sure. this women's network that you're uh, yeah. part of. Tell us about that. Sure. What women want networking is a national network. So you actually know what women want. We do. <laughs> this just in. They, breaking news. Here's the big news. They all want different things. Hit, hit the recorder. <laughs> you better ask them what they want and then be quiet and listen. Oh yeah. <laughs> what So tell us about that. Well, it's a networking organization that we have four chapters here in the Atlanta area, and I'm over the perimeter chapter. So we meet once a month, and we really genuinely find out what women want, and we really work to pay it forward and help them get it. So that's the number one thing is that we foster relationships. We encourage them to have connection conversations either by phone or over coffee in person and grow your network. But if you don't teach people what you want and how what you do, you know, again, we go to all these functions. Are they really working for us? Not unless we're focused. Well, I think one of the things that uh, one of the past guests mentioned that, uh, sure, you meet a lot of people, but who are you connecting with? And sure. It, it is easy to go to these networking events and well, I'm going to get X number of cards or Y number of cards, but really uh, I'm interested in, okay, who who could I walk away with and, and who could be a friend of mine? And yeah. who, could, who is there a connection with? And it is okay if you don't connect. It is. Uh, it's with, totally with okay. A person. Uh, but I think as you get older, you realize, okay, here are the things that I like. Here are the things that, you know, it's, they, they just don't work for me. Yeah. And I think once you're organized, you can always make time for a phone call. I know when you reached out to me, I made time to really talk to you. And we're all busy. But unless we utilize those delegation skills, we're just going to be too busy to return our phone calls, to return our emails, and to really be a good connector and a great communicator, which is really, really important these days. Well, I think it was helpful. It was helpful that Liz Parker introduced us. Absolutely. On the show. Um, I think that uh, this has been interesting. Having the show has been just tremendous for me because, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, my mom started a uh, uh, preschool uh, called Hansel and Gretel. And when I was young, and I was young a long time ago, she would call us in and we would read and do the flashcard thing and word association and spelling. And we were three or four years old. And then she realized, hey, I can't give my kids only this advantage. And so she started this. And this is like the late 1960s. Oh, wow. And, um, and it, 
kind of was really cool. And it, you know, my mom died a year and a half ago. So, it, but it's still in, it's still in, um, it's still in use, still running. Wow. And then my sister was an excellent uh, high school athlete and gained 12 or 13 letters, captain three or four sports, widely recognized as one of the greatest. And it never occurred to me that these two things were out of the ordinary. Extraordinary, actually. I mean, well, no, no, no. What, what I mean, I'm sorry. What I mean is it never occurred to me that these two things were... Um, Not normal things that most yeah, people do. Like, yeah, and it, and, yeah. it, and it was fine with me that uh, my mom had that uh, business. It was... It just seemed, uh, you know, it, it didn't bother me. I didn't register with me. I thought it was really cool that they did those things. So I realized when I built this show that that I've been heavily influenced positively by women early on. And so I I never had a problem anywhere with uh, females being successful. And I, I think it, it's interesting, you know, even now sometimes I run into uh, people that will say, well, you know, your sister, she was a great female athlete. And I have to correct them and say, no, she was, she was a thoroughbred. She was an excellent athlete. Yeah. And... Uh, but some people can't, they just can't make that connection. And it's interesting too, because if, if you want a dentist, does it really matter if it's a male or a female? Don't you want a good one? Yeah. You, and, want, a, you um, want a good dentist. <laughs> so having the show here has really been really cool. We've met some really extraordinary people. Uh, the people here at Business Radio X have been incredibly supportive and it's been a way to really, uh, talk about all of the contributions that ladies that are on the show are making to their industries, to their communities, to their churches, to their families, and so on, and just been a, an incredible experience. Um, but I think that it's uh, it's been fascinating to watch it, and then I, I know that as I meet people like you, then you have this network, uh, What Women Want, and, and that sounds just incredible. Yeah. And it's really about paying it forward and helping other women and men as well. I mean, we're all in this together, but if you can pay it forward, get to know people, find out how you can help them. We all win. (laughs) It's pretty exciting. Well, I think too, that uh, something that has been really uh, a great outcome here is that I've learned that to connect people, uh, it, you know, if you're connecting the right people, that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's a big deal. And what it gives you is a boost. Uh, mm-hmm. It certainly helps the people you're connecting. And so, and uh, then we can share more of our gifts and talents. You yeah. know, we've got all of these business owners that are so good at what they do. And usually what they need is more clients. Yeah. So they've got to get the word out. They've got to utilize their social media. They've got to show up in person for networking. And then we get to know each other and make these amazing connections. And we don't only not only meet women that are spectacular, they are world changers. Yeah. Well, there's an old saying I just made up. We have room for one more client. <laughs> I love it. It's 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 interesting to see how people are getting business. I mean, you're you're networking. You have your networking groups. Yeah. But how are you utilizing social media to drive the interest? What a great question, because I've just been talking with, um, we're hosting a summit with Araya McGarry of Araya McGarry Productions, um, and that's coming up March 24th and 25th. And we were talking about how do you get traction on Facebook in particular? And it's all about organic connections and people talking to each other in the newsfeed, not just an emoji or one word, but actually, fo- you know, Facebook's goal now is to foster relationships, like truly. So, 
it, that's how you actually talk to people on social media. You post, you talk to them, you repost, you like, you tweet. So it's really amazing. We, I, you know, just before coming up here, I was hosting a Facebook watch party. Now, rehosting a show that was on last night, what I've got is more people logging on and watching it, and I'm commenting and getting people involved and letting them know about the summit that's coming up. So pretty amazing. Hmm. But we got it. We actually have to do a little bit every day, and we have to be authentic. We have to be engaging. It has to be interesting. <laughs> well, I think you have to you have to be sincere. Yes, because uh, people can smell insincerity. Yeah, it's not away. a numbers game anymore. Actually, I call them dead numbers. Let's say you've got five thousand friends on Facebook, but you're only engaging with fifty. You know, you've got a lot of dead numbers there, and it's not helping your case on social media at all. It's actually hurting you. <laughs> well, and you can only uh, you only have capacity for so many, right? Right. Absolutely. You know, what's become golden now and, and really platinum is a small following of engaged people in you and your business and your platform. So that really is the golden goose now. How else are you getting your clients? It seems well, like you're everywhere. It, you know, somebody just said that yesterday. You're everywhere. I will say um, it is making it known on social media, number one. But I am getting clients through speaking events, sponsorships, networking events, and social media. Those will be the four ways that I'm consistently doing those things. And not just doing them. There is a formula behind each of those things so that they're not only effective and efficient, they're actually bringing me conversations with people who get what I do and are leaning in and saying, hey, I'd like to know more. I'm not selling out there in any of these things. What's the most satisfying thing about your business? Oh, I will tell you, it's the results. It's it's people like Rick getting off medication, no more blood pressure medication, um, people who were pre-diabetic are no longer pre-diabetic, type 2 diabetics reversing those symptoms. That is the most rewarding thing because health is wealth. How do you, how do you track your client's progress? That's a great question. Um, I usually, it's an accountability system in which they're emailing and texting in their food log, their um, their body fat percentage, their weight. So it depends on the client, but we actually try to implement the appropriate amount of tracking and type of tracking for the client. And I will say better is better. I'm looking at photos. I'm looking at um, text messages. I'm getting feedback. And we also have a private Facebook group. And you know, right hmm. now there are 160 active people in that Facebook group for Simple Fat Burn. So it's a community. They're encouraging each other. That's great. How, how has your business evolved over the years? Uh, I've been able to scale my business. That has been the most amazing thing. So I actually... How did you do that? How did I do that? Through some fantastic business coaching with a company called Revenue Breakthrough that Monica Shaw owns. And I'm actually a sponsor at her event coming up May 16th, 17th, and 18th. So um, it's called Master Your Money. That event is hosted here in Atlanta, Georgia, once a year, and and she lives in New York City, so I have a coaching community that I'm involved with, and I'm a client. Like, I really believe in coaching. I will say the answer is coaching. <laughs> well, not all of us, uh, you know, even though we may be very, very good at what we do, we can't possibly have all the answers to uh, the, the questions and uh, have answers to the obstacles that we see every day. So I think it helps to have uh, somebody that has uh, an independent perspective to coach. 
Oh, absolutely. And you want a coach who's done, who's been successful, yeah. right? I mean, I, I really have been, been, my mission has been to help millions of people end the struggle with weight. So I got a coach who was way more successful than I was and knew a lot of things that I knew nothing about and really had a proven track record, a history of being successful with other clients. You know, I hired a seven figure coach, yeah. you know, I didn't, I, you know, I had been working with other coaches and they just couldn't get me those answers. They wanted to help and they were pieces of the puzzle. But when I was really ready, the right coach showed up. And that was almost three years ago. Isn't that interesting? You know, you know, you need something. You're not exactly sure what direction to take. And then all of a sudden, you know, sort of the teacher presents itself. Yeah. And people kept telling me for years, you need to leverage your expertise and you need to scale your business. I was willing. I, I what maybe I wasn't quite ready for those tools until the last three years, but then it just took off like a rocket. Oh, that's good stuff. It is good stuff. <laughs> Tell us about one of the more unusual clients that you've had. Well, one of the more unusual clients was Chuck Grenner. He came to me, um, he was over 400 pounds. And he really needed to clean up, get off the sodas, get off the bread. And I said, let's let's cut back on the bread when we got started. So the next time I looked at his food, like I said, where's the bread? He goes, oh, I just gave that up. And Chuck lost 200 pounds in 16 months. Good I mean, I mean, those are results that are unsurpassed. And then his daughter, he really did it for his daughter. She lost 100 pounds in eight months, and she's now a simple fat burn coach. Oh, my God. So she helps other people get healthy. That's amazing. How do you help them? substitute whatever they're giving up. Do you, do you have a strategy? For yes. That? It's a crowding out. We build their meals and is, it is a crowding where we're putting the good stuff in place of the stuff that's not so healthy and saying, Hey, you can have some of the other stuff. Let's just do less of it. So it's a very gentle approach. It's a very kind approach. We need self-forgiveness. I mean, there are so many emotions around weight loss and food choices and we yeah. all have a story. So we really set out to write a new story. So when you have free time, how do you spend it? Oh, gosh, I block free time. So I am blessed that I have plenty of free time. I spend it with friends and family. And I, I love to get down to the beach. Like the beach is my thing. <laughs> I like to travel. Where, where, was the, where was the most recent place you've traveled to? The most recent place I traveled to was New York City. I, I go to New York City a lot. Um, I've got friends there. Um, what Women Want is owned out of New York City, and so is Revenue Breakthrough. So I go for business intensives, and then I spend a couple days going to museums, hanging out with friends, and it's just it, it's business and pleasure. It's actually all pleasure. It's all a lot of fun. And do you see family when you're up there as well? Um, that's a separate trip. Upstate New York is the other direction. Yeah. My mom's right over towards Buffalo, so I usually do one one trip to New York City. It will not be the same trip to upstate. <laughs> When you work out, what do you do? What are your preferences? What a great question. Uh, I'm sort of a, a strength training and cardio girl. I actually last year did a 10-minute plank. <laughs> worked up to it. <laughs> so, but I love strength training. I've been a fitness competitor in the past. That's how I learned a lot of this, this craft. Um, but I, I typically, I like to get outdoors and run. The weather's breaking now. Uh, I'm with you. I don't like cold weather, but this morning I saw joggers. I was like, Oh, I can't wait to get outside and run tomorrow morning. Yeah. And then I get in the gym and I do some strength training three or four days a week. And I still work with a personal trainer. Again, I'm a big believer in coaches and my, my trainer's George Terman. He is an IFBB pro uh, bodybuilder, which means he's, he's sort of the kingpin with TNT Fitness Studio in Duluth. Yeah. Outstanding. What hobbies do you enjoy other than working out and things associated with your business? I love art. I am sort of a, you know, to me, art is like coming up for air. So I love anything and everything art. I love to paint. I love to get together with friends and paint. Um, that's probably my biggest thing that brings me joy. What's the most challenging thing about your business? 
gosh, the most challenging thing about my business. You know, I don't really have a big challenge at this point. Um, I'm in a real growth phase, um, and I'm, I'm highly organized, and, and I have a team. So I think over the years, the most challenging thing has been building the team. How did you do that? What, <laughs> what made you decide that you needed to build a team? Well, it wasn't so much a decision as like, you know, I needed help getting organized. I needed a personal assistant. So I, I think the, sort of the decision, decision came to get me and I said, I've got to get help. And I had a life coach years ago and she said, get someone to help you at the house, get someone to help you with the cooking, get someone to help you with the kid. So I'm a fan of delegation. I, I honestly delegate everything I can so that I can efficiently run a business and have time for the, the friends and family. But, but I think it's attracting the right people. And over the years, you get better at spotting who has those qualities. Yeah. I've got a phenomenal personal assistant. I spend lots of time just just knowing her as a person and building her up because she keeps me going. She's probably the most important person inside Catherine's world as this business grows in leaps and bounds. And she probably can anticipate what you need next and uh, maybe think of things before you maybe consider Absolutely. them and just sort of take care of it. That, that That's outstanding. Well, even bigger, we have a, a Google Doc that we're constantly adding to and refining and changing. It's sort of our living document for our work together. So, you know, when you've got good help and if somebody goes, we've got that information. Let's say she had to go out of town for a month or had a sick family member. I could bring someone else in and keep the wheels on the bus without Catherine getting stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't get stressed out anymore which is, is wonderful. <laughs> I actually can't get stressed out. <laughs> well, it sounds like you've done a, a very good job of organizing everything and, you know, sort of put a, putting everything in its place from, uh, you know, from talking to you and from what I know about years you. of helping practitioners yeah. and still a work in progress. Yeah. Do you have a set work schedule that you abide by every day? I do. Um, I'm usually up pretty early and work out around 6 a.m. And then, you know, I, I schedule my appointments. And, and I will tell you the one thing that I don't do is I don't overschedule myself. That way I can take a phone call. I can answer the emails. I can do the most important things first. And I think that is the gift in, in life and business is learning to do what matters and letting go or delegating the rest. You mentioned this thing at the outset, healthy detachment. Yeah. Tell us about what you mean by that. Well, let's say you have a difficult client. Uh, no, you have, a difficult, you have difficult clients? You have clients that don't do what you tell them? Only until we fire them. <laughs> but I'm saying somebody who really doesn't want to play by the rules, somebody who, who wants special treatment, who really is going to just pitch a hissy fit at every corner. You know, I think you have a healthy detachment and you handle things professionally. Yeah. You know, healthy you do your best. Yeah, you do your best for, for what's in it for everybody. And if, I, if I'm saying, hey, this is good for me, this is good for you, let's, let's communicate, let's put all the cards on the table and make wise decisions, not emotional decisions. Let's not come from ego. How about that plan? <laughs> it's much easier if you don't take things personally. Yeah, and you Although have to, it's not easy. Sometimes it's much easier said than done. Yeah, and you have to come from love and kindness. Yeah. I think you've really got to slow down sometimes and just not react and respond. But let's be proactive and let's, let's learn from everything every experience and let's, you know, be sure to really communicate on the front end. Do you have any charities that you feel strongly about? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. I'm actually the ambassador for the Tutu Desk campaign. What's that? Uh, Desmond Tutu started this project several years ago because when he grew up in sub-Saharan South Africa, children did not have desks. And to this day, there are 95 million children in sub-Saharan South Africa that do not have a desk. Hmm. So it really is a barrier to education. Yes. And, and for $20, a child can get an education. 
they can get a desk. It's a it's a wooden board that they carry with them, and when they finish school, they pass it to another child. So that for twenty dollars, the desks are produced in South Africa. They actually provide jobs, and sometimes they don't even have a classroom. They don't have electricity. Hmm. Sometimes the classroom is held under a tree. So um, I was introduced to uh, Tandika Tutu, and that's Desmond Tutu's daughter, and became one of the ambassadors. I'm the Atlanta ambassador for the Tutu Desk campaign. So if you go to tutudesk.com, org for $20 you can make a difference in a child's life 50 desks will supply a classroom and a thousand desks will supply a school they actually have a handover ceremony mm-hmm. so there's a lot of joy for a very small yeah. amount of money and, and I, I want to teach people that for holidays birthdays why not donate to a charity we don't need more stuff I'm pretty clear about that <laughs> so I say when you have a big a special occasion choose your charity Give to your charity and maybe do that for the party instead of us, us going out and buying more tchotchkes. Yeah, there's uh, certainly something to be said for uh, being a minimalist and, uh, you, know, I, you know, looking after people as opposed to things. Less is more, don't you yeah. think? I, I concur. So you've been invited on the show because you've been highly recommended by a former guest and you've had a lot of success. What else do you think sets you apart? Gosh, I really love people. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, it, and I think it shows in everything I do. Like, I think every human being on the planet, there's there's some purpose. And I think what sets me apart is, you know, I don't really look at work as work. I look at it as sharing my love for people. And I really want to be a thought leader, an influencer, an educator. And if anything I can put out there helps someone, I say, pass it on. This stuff is good stuff. It's for sharing. I tell all of my clients, whatever you learn, go out there and share it with people when it's appropriate. I think it does come back to you if you uh, put good mojo and karma out there. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, how do you put, do you enjoy the speaking, uh, uh, the speaking, the coaching? It all seems to, does it all fit together? It does. I, I'll tell you, I have a lot of joy out of each piece of the business. Um, I, we have a, a conference with What Women Want Networking every year, and it's coming up um, November 1st through 3rd this year in Atlanta. And last year, you know, I spoke to the, the breakout rooms, and, and I was t- teaching them about some, some things they could do immediately. And one woman came up to me after I spoke and said, you know, you talked about drinking more water. And we, we did this little exercise, uh, an, an exercise for the group. She said, when I committed to drinking more water. She said, I have a health condition. You have saved my life. What is enough water? Enough water is when you're hydrated. So for the average person, you know, let's say your target lean body weight is 150 pounds. Half of that in ounces would be appropriate. So if you have someone and say, hey, at 150 pounds, I'm lean, I'm good. And if I drink 75 ounces of water for the day, it's just a simple formula I've used for years. Hmm. You'll be very well hydrated. Now, you might not make it every day, but if you know you're not drinking enough water, and you know you're you're and sometimes energy is just a matter of, of of drinking more filtered clean water. So and if we look at what's in our tap water, maybe not so good. <laughs> so I'd I'd much rather we got we source good clean water and you know and really again just just do your due diligence and say how can I do this and really take care of my body to the best of my ability. 
So do you have an opinion on tap water versus the bottled water that's sold? I, I would much rather see people drink filtered water than, than tap water. I what think, does that mean? Meaning, um, you know, we, we've got bottled water that comes from a good source. It's been filtered out. Um, you know, we have a lot of toxins in our water that the more we look, the worse it gets. Um, you know, our water filtration system, we recycle water. There are medications that actually, when, when it's tested, that show up in our water supply. So I think you do have to get good, clean water in you. I would I would highly recommend reverse osmosis. We go to one of the grocery stores and fill up those bottles and we've done our research. We've really, and and I recommend, I say, you don't have to agree with everything I say, but do your research, do your due diligence, start looking and listening and watching and digging, watch some YouTube videos, talk to people. Hey, if somebody else is healthier than you, take a look and listen at what they're doing and you may pick up some good tips. Yeah, there is something to be learned by uh, uh, experiencing things vicariously through others. That's sure. For sure. And, and and a little bit of expertise can go a long way. <laughs> well, and, and maybe it's, is it as simple as just having people take a first step towards something so they get... Uh, you know, they get the motion going. Absolutely. I think we've got to get the ball rolling. We've got to get through resistance a lot of times. And maybe that means just reading a book, or maybe it means, you know, talking with a health professional. Maybe it means just sharing with someone in your inner circle. Hey, I've got to get back to my exercise, you know, and just having a conversation can be taking a step. But I think people truly want others to be healthy. I think we really care for each other. We hate when we're suffering and are having health issues. You know, we, we're, we're only on the planet for a set number of days. Why can't they be healthy and good and and filled with as much joy as we can have given our circumstances? Where do you see uh, the next step in your business? Oh, gosh, the next step in my business. um, You know, like I said, my mission is to help millions of people end the struggle with weight and teach them to balance their blood sugar. I think the next step for me is more TV and radio. So thank you so much for inviting me today. Um, I'd like to do TV and radio regularly, more of it, bigger stages, reaching more people with the message, podcasts. Uh, I do have a few more books in me. (laughs) So (laughs) what's the next book going to be? Oh, gosh. The next book is going to be about friendship, friendship and relationships. I've already written the structure of it. It's just a matter of finishing the book. And, you know, it doesn't take a long time to do anything. I think you have to block time and you have to commit uh, to some deadlines and getting it done and push through the sticky points. Friendships and relationships. Do you want to uh, tell us kind of the, some of the things you're going to focus on and, and yeah. tease, the, tease the listenership? Yeah, I'll tease the listeners a little bit. And I think, I guess that'll get me moving a little faster too. But it, it's that really re- was why I brought yeah, that up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, we could all use and deepen our friendships and relationships, those that are existing. This morning before I came on the show, I made time just to call a friend that I haven't been able to see recently. We had a beautiful conversation mm. and we spent 10 minutes just talking. What prompted you to call a Called your friend. Uh, her son's been, been uh, he's having a little bit of an illness, and, and I just wanted to give her some love and support and say I hope he's feeling better and back to school. She just went to a funeral. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think she just, it was good to just connect on the phone. We live in this digital society where, you know, a like on a Facebook post is a whole lot different than picking up the phone and telling someone, I care about you, I love you, I'm thinking of you, yeah. give your son a hug for me. So it's really about connecting and, and really, how do we foster those relationships and friendships? Because, you know, people don't know how it's, again, it's another whole skill set. And I I realize when people get older, one friend doesn't call back, one friend passes away, and you had five friends on your list, your world gets thinner. So I want to encourage people to meet new people and to really, and really have some guidelines and some ways to do friendships. 
well, make the most of the relationships that you have. Yeah. And I think, do you think that people believe that they're just so busy that they don't afford themselves the joy that goes with picking up the phone and calling someone yes. and helping them up if they're struggling. Yes, absolutely. And, and we're talking about the mega successful folks. We're talking about folks that are running six and seven figure businesses that have resources. Money is not a problem, yet we're so busy, we're suffocated sometimes by the roles and responsibilities that we've taken on. And what I do want to say is I want to encourage them to say, get coaching, get help, get strategy, because somebody can walk you through how to relieve some of that pressure. Do you think people hesitate to pick up the phone like you did this morning because it's hard? It's really hard. I think we have blocks. I think we got stuck. I think we we think somebody doesn't want to hear from us or they're too busy or we're bothering them. It is really easy to think that. It's really easy to just park it and keep on going and say, oh, I wish I would have called. I think what I found is that uh, if if you do have those people that it might just be easier to pick up the phone and take whatever outcome happens yeah. and deal with it. And, and a lot of times it's completely different than what you might think. Right, right. And especially I think people avoid difficult conversations. They do. Yeah, they avoid them. And, and wouldn't it be better to have a difficult conversation than to really let a problem build until it becomes a, you know, a blow up, right? <laughs> well, I think you mentioned a couple of things. Block, you know, people get in ruts. Uh, yep. I know I do, and and it becomes easier to not do something as opposed to, hey, let's let's address this. And and many times, uh, what you think is going to happen doesn't even come close to happen. Right, right. And so you've spent all that time wondering about what could happen as opposed to addressing uh, the item right there. Absolutely. How did you decide this morning that you were going to make that call? I mean, because one thing that I get from you is that you're extremely disciplined. Unless I've missed something. You're correct. You're correct. So. Did you just decide, this is like a muscle I'm going to flex, uh, I need to do this? Well, you know, I, I, I work off intuition, <laughs> you know, so, so yes, I've got, you know, 40 people and 40 things I could talk to before getting here this morning. And I was up early, I was up at 5am and, and the list is scrolling. But I think it's a matter of intuitively deciding what matters the most. Yeah. What matters the most? Who matters the most? And really, and really taking those few precious moments and reaching out. And and here's my real gift and talent is to really focus on what matters the most yeah. and then get it done and to teach others to do the same thing. When you talk to, when you coach your clients, do you tell them, hey, get three things, put three things on your list? Uh, do you put one thing on your list? Because I've I've heard varying degrees. I'm always interested with all of the success we've had in the show. I'm always interested in how people, they make their list. Some people do it mentally. Some people Mm -hmm. write down three things. And what do you do? What do I do personally? Yeah. To make sure you get things done or things in motion. Yeah. Um, I've got a list and then I've got reminders. So I've got systems on top of systems. You know, I've, I've got a calendar and then my assistant, I'm telling her, don't forget to remind me of this. <laughs> and so she sends me reminders every morning. She follows up with me. So it's a team effort since I'm juggling so many things that um, that I've got systems on top of And I'm not perfect. I, I messed up a couple calls this week. You know, you, somebody says, I'm here. And you're like, oh, gosh, who are you and where are you? <laughs> but if you have the right relationship with people. With, no, they, I didn't even can, know these people. No. They were brand new people, no. but they were gracious. They were sweet. I was transparent. I said, hey, you know, I did a speaking event. I did a live event. I had 14 conversations come in in two days. And I'm so sorry. Sorry, and they were so gracious, and we we continued. But I'll tell you, authenticity and being transparent yeah. trumps excuses. I didn't make excuses. I said I messed up. So I think jump up, apologize profusely, make it right. I had someone I messed up an appointment with. I said, yeah. let me take you out to dinner. Own it. 
Own it. Yes. And then it's a novel idea. And then sort of just just go a little overboard to be gracious and sweet yeah. and and give that person your time and really listen and find out how you can help them. Well, isn't the reverse true? When somebody makes a mistake and you're uh, and you're on the uh, and you're on the other end of that. When you make a when you call for a meeting and somebody else says, "Hey, I don't I don't know who you are, Catherine," and uh, you know what I mean, isn't the reverse also true? To yeah, and to, I'll tell you what, I'm really quick to forgive. Yeah, really, just you have I, to I, be. yeah, I think be be quick to be forgive and be kind. I, if, if there's one message, I would say, be kind. <laughs> one of the things that I've uh, done a lot of reading on and studying on is the whole idea of being grateful and oh, how yes. it can shape up. Uh, shape your personality, shape your thought. And, uh, you know, every morning I try to pick a couple of things that uh, maybe different things that I'm grateful for. What are you grateful for? Oh, gosh, it's a big list. I'll tell you what, I, I start every morning and say I'm grateful for my life. Yeah. I'm grateful that I have the capabilities to help people. I'm grateful to live here in this country. We live in the top 1% of the world, Corey. It's a big deal. We hit the lottery before we ever even were walking on this earth. So, um, you know, the fact that three quarters of the world lives on less than $2 a day, man, I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for, you know, my home, my dog. I'm grateful for my son, my family. You know, I'm grateful for everybody in my world that I can touch and, and be an influence on. So, you know, I, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's an infinite list for me. So I live in gratitude. I start with it every morning. I, I'm grateful as I'm just opening my eyes in the morning for another day. It does beat the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> if you could give the younger version of Catherine some insight, what would it be? Ah, uh, number one, stop worrying. It's going to be okay. You're how gonna... do you do that? How do you do that? You... I hear that a lot. Yeah, you hear that answer from a lot of people. Well, just not just on the show. It pretty much, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. In I, I will say, conversations. Keep showing up. Keep yeah. showing up and keep talking to people. Keep learning from people. Keep course correcting. Accountability is just a series of course corrections. You know, I learned better ways to think. I learned better ways to do things to get them done. I learned better ways to do business. I learned to be quick to forgive and not come from ego. Um, you know, it's so many little things that, that really make up what the fiber of success and, and living in grace is what I call it. If you're living in that vortex, enjoy most of your day, most of the time, boy, you're really winning. If there was a young lady that wanted to follow your arc and your career path, what would you tell her? I would tell her to get a mentor. That's really crucial. Well, Catherine, you've been a great guest. You've had great success. We appreciate the opportunity to have you on the show. Uh, we want to make sure that people can get a hold of you, and how would they do that? Sure. The easiest way to get a hold of me is through my website, simplefatburn.com. And you can contact me through the website. Check out what I do on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Google me. <laughs> I come right up. <laughs> Catherine, continued success, and thank you for being such a great guest. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Make sure to tune in to another episode of Tuesdays with Corey here on Atlanta Business Radio X. This is brought to you by our great friends at the Long-Term Care Planning Group. This is Sanjay for ABR. 